0: That the Lord has made, we will rejoice
1: and be glad in it. Many kids want to sing. Come on down. This is the day, this is the day that the
2: Lord has made. Let us rejoice.
3: In. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord
4: has made. Hi, welcome to our church. I'm Mike Maciejewski. And I'm Julie. Please fill out your friendship card to get on the mailing list, to sign up for any activities, any prayers or concerns, and any notes you want to send to the staff.
0: And if you're new to our church, Please be sure and pick up a gift that we have for you in the back of the church at the Connection site after worship. Thank you for coming today, and welcome to Pendleton Center Church.
1: We have a couple of items on our clipboards. One is for uh, things in the in the service, like bulletins and flowers and such. There's only one of those. So that's going to go around the whole sanctuary. If you're looking for it, you can find it and sign up on it. The other one's for our fish fries, and there's one of those for each section. We had a great fish fry, and we're glad to have people out helping with that if you can help. In the future, it's a good and enjoyable time, and we'd love to have you down for that experience together. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Dear God, we thank you for this morning, and we pray that your blessing will be upon us, that you'll give us us your peace, your presence, and help us to focus our minds, our hearts, our thoughts, wholly and completely on you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you're able, I'm gonna invite you to stand as we sing Standing on the Promises.
3: Standing on the promises of Christ my King, Through eternal ages let his praises ring, Glory in the highest I high shall shout and sing, Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing. Of God standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises of Christ God. We're coming daily with the spirit soul, standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God. voice doesn't want
1: to do that this morning. The Lord be with you. Take a moment and greet your neighbor with the peace of the spirit. I'd like to invite the frogs to come up now if they would.
3: Where are our frogs?
1: We're going to invite the frogs to come up and join us now. I think we have kids that aren't frogs, yeah. That's okay. So okay, kids who are not frogs, come back here with me. If you're not a frog, come back here. If you are a frog, stand in the front, okay? Come on right up here if you're not a frog. If you're not a frog, come on over here. If you are a frog, stand up there. There we go, we'll sort it out. (laughs) There we go. Oh, kids want to come up and join us, you're welcome to come on down at this time. Any of you ever have to shovel? Yeah? I used to have to shovel when I was a kid. I had to shovel the whole driveway. Yeah, they didn't have any snow plows or snow blowers or things. We had to shovel it all. And you know what I got paid for it? Nothing. I had to take out the garbage. You know what I got paid for it? Nothing. And I had to mow the lawn. You know what I got paid for that? Nothing. Yeah. Because I had to do it. They were called chores. And if you ever have chores? Yeah. You know what you're supposed to get paid for it? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you got paid for it? Well, good for you. But you know why? Because we're part of a family, right? And if our parents want us to do something, we need to help out. Because they do all kinds of stuff for us, don't they? Yeah, so we got to do a little stuff for them to help them out too. Even if there's nothing in it for us except being part of the family. And that's the same thing with the family of God. If God wants us to do something, we should do it for him, right? Even if we get paid, what? Nothing, right? Yeah. What are you guys thankful for today? Why don't you raise your hand if you want to share something?
5: My mom and dad. Friends and family. My family,
6: my mom and dad are my family, my family, Benson family, my mom and
3: dad, my mom and dad and my
6: brother, my mom and dad, my mom, every newborn in the world
1: anyone else? All right, let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for all the wonderful blessings in life we have. Families, people we love, even newborn babies, all the good things that God gives to us. We thank you, Lord, and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can all go out to church school now if you'd like to. All the kids are welcome to go out to church school.
0: Good morning, church. Our God has blessed us with a beautiful winter day and a nice warm sanctuary to gather together and praise his name. Amen? Let's continue our worship and bring our gifts, tithes, and offerings before the Lord. for this day for the opportunity to gather together and worship you how wonderful it is Lord to be able to return to you some of what you have blessed us with so abundantly for the furtherance of your kingdom father we ask that you bless this offering that you give us wisdom to know how to best use it we are your people Lord we desire to do your will In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. As we come before the Lord in prayer, we um, always come with so many things in our hearts that we're thankful for, our, our gratefulness to God for all that God gives us, all that God blesses us with, and we come before God with those requests that we have, those things that trouble our hearts keep us um, coming closer to God. We do need to keep the Thornton family in prayer. Um, Len's father passed away in Florida um, recently. And Teresa Greer's brother, Tim Myers, also passed away. We need to keep these families, these families lifted up in our in our, in our prayers. And Shirley Duchere is in Florida. She's having some medical testing if you want to. Keep her lifted up for a good report for that. Um, Ron Ellman had surgery on his hand, and he can't drive yet, but he's hoping that he'll be back in worship with us very soon. Um, Bob Walk is going to be having surgery on his hand on Wednesday, uh, so we want to keep him lifted up in our prayers. And, of course, there are all of those things that are in our hearts, each one of us, those things that we know that we haven't spoken out, God hears and answers everything that we pray. God knows our hearts. God hears our cries. So let's turn to our Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we can come together and lift up all of those things to you that we are joyful for, and those things that are troubling in our lives. We know that you rejoice with us as we rejoice. And you mourn with us when we mourn. You are with us, holding us in the palm of your hand when we fear. And all we need to do is look to you. And you send blessing upon blessing. Father, we lift up now all of those people who are sick and infirm, those who are in the midst of uncertainty, not knowing what their conditions are or or how they will be treated. We just pray that you will give them peace and grant them healing, each and every one healing from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. Let their spirits and their souls and their bodies be well in you. It is written in your word, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your souls prosper. Thank you, Lord, for all the medical professionals and caregivers who work with them. We pray in Jesus' name that you would give them wisdom beyond their experience, beyond their studies and learning, that they would have wisdom from you, know how to treat and to care for those people you have given them. Father, we pray for those grieving losses. Father, we just ask that you would touch them with your comfort, with your peace, by your Holy Spirit, that you would give them the opportunity to draw closer to you. That they would know your hand of grace and mercy upon them and upon their lives. We pray for memories of good and joyous times and that in that there would be peace found. We pray, Father God, that as each one draws closer to you in search of comfort, that you would grant Lord, we pray for all of those in our community, here in our church and the wider community and even into the wider world. We pray for peace. We pray, Lord, that you would equip us so that we, as your church, can be your hands and your feet, your voice, that your words of promise, of salvation, of healing and mercy would come through us. Help us, Lord. As we hear your word, Lord God, help Help us to receive what you have for us. Let it wash over us and transform us, preparing us for all those people and all those situations we'll run into. Let our speech be full of grace for them, Lord. Let us speak your truth and love. Father, as Pastor Tom brings the word, the message that you have given to him for us this day, we ask that it would be a blessing to us. We pray that he would be blessed also. And most of all, Lord, we just pray that all of our worship would bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we hear from the word of the Lord?
4: Numbers chapter 13 verses 1 through 3 and 17 through 31. The Lord said to Moses send some men to explore the land of Canaan which I am giving to the Israelites for each ancestral tribe send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan he said Go through Negev and onto the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was a season for the first ripe grapes. So they went up and explored the land from the desert in Zin as far as Rehab, toward Leho, Hama. They went up through Negev and came to Hebron, where Haman, Shekhah, Talmud, the descendants of Anak, lived. Hebron had been built seven years before in Zoan in Egypt. When they reached the Valley of Eshkol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on the pole between them along with some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster of grapes the Israelites cut off there. At the end of the 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community of Kadesh and the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses the account. We went into the land as you had sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Anakites live in Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live there near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we came to do that. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Jim. We'll
3: go walking along,
2: singing a song, walking in the winter on the land.
3: Ah! It's snowing! We're going to get six
1: inches of snow. Close everything! Seriously, when will we become such wimps? What happened? Everybody goes nuts. We're going to get sick. I mean, really seriously, folks. This is Buffalo. We used to be tougher than this. We didn't have snow blowers and snow plows when I grew up. But we had snow plows on the street, but they were clunky old things. We had to shovel everything by hand, and the snow was was a lot deeper, and the winters were a lot colder. And we had to walk uphill both ways barefoot to school. That's true. The roads are better. The equipment's better. We never heard of such things as 4 wheel drives back then. A jeep was something the army used. you have got a jeep was something the army used. We've got little bit easier winters these days. And we still whine in the midst of blessings. God wants to bless us. The ultimate statement of faith for a Christian is, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And if people can say that and mean that, they are Christian. The problem is, is we like part of it, but we're not so comfortable with the other part. Jesus Christ is our Savior. He saved these people. He blessed the Israelites. He took them out of captivity in Egypt. He took them through the Red Sea and drowned the Egyptian army. They went out in the desert and he fed them manna, food from heaven. He gave them water out of a rock. He's protected and taken care of them. He's already saved them. And he does the same for us. When we trust God, when we accept God, he starts out by taking away our sin, forgiving us, taking away our guilt and the pain and hurt of things that have gone on in the past. He gives us a life of purpose and meaning. He gives us people to belong to. He gives us his own Holy Spirit presence in our hearts. He gives us the ability to conquer death itself. God has already blessed us. But the problem is, is God wants to be more than just our Savior. He wants to be our Lord and Savior. So God expects things. God actually has expectations that we will do something for God. In the book of Jeremiah, the prophet says this, God gave them this command, obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Walk in obedience to all I command you that it might go well with you. You want it to go well, you want God to be your God, you're supposed to do what God wants you to do. In John, Jesus even says, if we see Jesus as being whatever. Well, Jesus says, if you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love. He says, I kept my father's commands and remain in his love if you want the love of God you do what God wants you to do and he told these people what to do. He told them what was expected and it wasn't really that difficult to figure out. In the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 1 he said, I've given you this land go in and take possession of the land I swore to give you. Go into the land. That's what he tells Moses as this passage begins. Go into the land. And so they picked 12 leaders. And they sent them into the land. It's interesting, they chose the leaders. It's one of the few times in the Bible where people actually choose their own leaders. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. They went in and they wandered around for 40 days. They found a land that they called the promised land. They said it was flowing with milk and honey. But it's also got giants in it. Huge people! Now, we're not sure what giants really meant back then. Has anybody here ever been to Old Fort Niagara and looked at the beds those guys slept in? And they're like about four feet long. You know, 200 years ago, we would have all looked like Dan Putney to them. (laughs) We would have all been huge. Giants in their midst. We can't take these people on. They'll destroy us. They've got fortified cities, they've got weapons, we're afraid we're not gonna do this. It's too hard. You see, we want a savior without a Lord. We want a genie, not a God. We're afraid. If we have to take a risk, or we face something that seems like it might be difficult, about one o'clock on Friday, Somebody said to me, are we cancelling the fish fright tonight? I looked out the window and at one o'clock here there was nothing. There was no snow on the ground. The parking lot has got black pavement, the grass is showing, and people want to cancel the fish fright tonight. I'm like, look out there. It looks like this, in fact, without the snow. So about 2.30 or so it started coming, right? Now people are flipping out all over the place. So it's 3:30, and I'm actually cooking fish—literally cooking fish—in the kitchen. And Mary, who directs these fish fries, comes in and says, "Everybody thinks we should cancel this. What do you think?" I said, "Mary, I'm cooking fish. I mean, we're cooking it. It's here. It's going to be cooked either way. We're here. Let's give it an hour and see what happens." Do you know why they want to cancel the fish fry? because they were freaking out because the radio and the TV and everybody everywhere said we were gonna get
3: six inches of snow! Ah,
1: really? 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 We're flipping out over six inches of snow? The the, the, the spies went into the land and they started to get afraid and Chapter 14 actually tells you what comes next. You should read it sometime, but I'll tell you a little bit about it. These 10 spies start going around the community of Israel and saying to everybody, we can't go in there, it's giants, it's terror, it's horrible. They're spreading their rumors. They're spreading fear, just like the media does. And do you know why they do that? They really don't do that to keep you safe, not when six inches of snow is coming. They do that because it makes you listen to their radio. You tune into them. Not because you really care what they have on, but because they're going to tell you about this crazy storm coming with six inches of snow. And so the people got afraid. They said, we need to get rid of this guy Moses. We need a new leader. We're going to pick a leader that will take us back to Egypt we've had it with this Moses guy everything was better back in Egypt this way they describe it in one chapter in Exodus they said if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt there we sat around pots of meat and all the food we wanted but you brought us out here to die they had this idea that everything was good it wasn't it wasn't they were slaves They worked under slave drivers who beat them and forced them to do work they didn't want to do and wasn't for their own benefit. Some people believe they built the pyramids for somebody else. Big, huge pyramids just so one guy could have a tomb after he died. See, the thing is, is God has given us a wonderful gift. And that is, for the most part, aside from a few traumatic events in our lives, we forget all the bad stuff that happened in the past in our lives and we remember all the good stuff so when we see a classic car go by we say boy now that's a real car that's when they really made cars to be cars have you ever ridden in one they're a pure misery they're not comfortable they have no features there's no four-wheel drive for the winter they slide around the roads their tires blow out I mean blow out but that's not the way we remember it everything was fine when Leave it to Beaver was on TV there were no problems everybody had a good life things were simple Egypt seduces us to believe that there's some kind of easy world with with no wars and no trouble and no sacrifice and if there is somebody else does it for us we don't have to do that But that's not the way it really was they had a hard life that, when Leave it to Beaver, was on the TV I grew up. I graduated high school in 1975. 75 we'll chive. And in 1975, does anybody know what the unemployment rate was in Buffalo, New York? 15%. That's not 15% counting the people who quit looking for a job. That was the official unemployment rate, 15%. The plants had just closed down. General Electric, Westinghouse, Bell Aerospace, Republic Steel, Bethlehem Steel. We talk about we're going to get this huge solar panel factory that will employ 1,500 people. Each one of these plants employed ten to 20,000 people. In two years, 100,000 people lost their jobs. That's what we came out to. Oh, and by the way, inflation was running at 11 to 12% a year. Your money was going backwards by 11 to 12% every single year. So even if you got a 7% raise, you lost five. The good old days. I happened to get a job. I was one of the fortunate ones. They told me that I had to work 85 hours a week and I didn't get overtime after, 30, after 40 hours. Oh, I got overtime. They'd pay me $2.50 an hour not two dollars and fifty cents extra an hour, they'd pay me two dollars and fifty cents an hour for those extra 45 hours. We worked in the hot sun. I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't a bad job, but it wasn't a good job. We had to do things that were really probably a little risky to our health, but you had to do it, because you got to put food on the table and a roof over your head. My family left. They bailed out on this area. I don't blame them. A lot of people did. Life was not always easy, but we did what we had to do. And part of what we did was we went every week to church to worship our God. We didn't do that because we had to do that. We did that because we wanted to do it. It was the top of the priority list. It was a job expectation that we would have a day off to worship God. That's one thing we all agreed on these people run into a problem a little concerned because God has told them to go into a promised land and they see trouble and so they reject God Now I gotta tell you I don't know what would have happened if they would have said well, we don't think we're quite ready can you give us a year or two to kind of train the troops and kind of figure out how we're gonna do this I don't know what God would have done he let them wander around for 40 days didn't have a problem with that I suspect that it would have been okay if they would have tried to delay it or something they didn't they said we are not doing what this god wants we're not following his leader we're not going to have this god we're going back to egypt they rejected god because they felt it cost too much to follow Him. there's a day when people would give their lives for god people would give their fortunes people it would change the course of what they would do with their lives. They would give up their comfort. They would sit in pews that had no cushions on them. Really. And not say, oh, it's too hot in here. Oh, it's too cold in here. In chapter 14, Joshua and Caleb say, guys, we can do this. God's with us. We can do this. But two voices against ten. That didn't work. And so they gave up on God. How often do we give up on God? We've turned God into an occasional priority. If we don't have something to do with our family, if we don't have a sporting event, if we don't have to work, if we don't have a festival to go to, if we're not on vacation, if we're not, God, we should have two or three days a year we can take some time for you. Now, not any one of those things alone is a problem. But when we take the priority of God from the top and make him one on the list, before long, God ends up being towards the bottom of the list. And we forget about God. God help us if the weather's bad. God help us if the weather's good. That's even worse. More people come to church on a day like this than on a sunny day. And Well, there's a sunny day, excuse me. On a sunny, warm day. And so Christianity in our nation is on the defense. Our country and Western Europe, the churches are dying. Now the rest of the world is embracing Christianity. To tell you the truth, God will make his church. And the church is exploding in growth everywhere in the world except here and Western Europe. We want God to be our savior. We want God to bless us and give us miracles, but we don't want God to be our God. We don't want God to be our Lord. We don't want God messing with our lives. The Israelites had forgotten. They would forgotten the God that just a short time earlier had rescued them from Egypt. They would forgotten the God that took them through the Red Sea. They had forgotten the God of their lot, heritage and of their history. They didn't even know the land they were going into even though their ancestors lived there. Isaac and Jacob and Abraham all lived and roamed that land, and now they're saying, go find out what it's like, because we have no idea. They don't remember. And when we forget where we come from, we lose where we're going. Today is not only um, the 14th of February, we call it Valentine's Day. Some of you might have noticed, by the way, I changed my tie. This morning when I got up, my, my wife said, are you going to wear a, the tie with hearts on it? I said, no, I'm not wearing that sissy tie. I don't know if I'm allowed to say sissy, but I did. <laughs> Anyways, I came over here and we got three-fourths of the way through the service and realized there's only one person that would have given me a heart tie with Valentine's on it. When we forget, we get in trouble. (laughs) And we've forgotten who we are and where we come from. I know you know today's today's Valentine's Day. You know that it's named after St. Valentine. But do you know who St. Valentine was? St. Valentine was a a bishop in Rome. Back before Rome became Christian. And St. Valentine did two things that got him in trouble. The first is, he married... Christian couples. Now you wouldn't think that meant me much, but the the thing is, is when he married them, then the men were no longer available for military service. So this was actually taking people out of the military. So they brought him before the Roman emperor, and the Roman emperor actually liked him. And he was about to let St. Valentine go until St. Valentine made the mistake of trying to suggest to the Roman emperor that he needed to be a Christian and he needed Christ in his life. And so the emperor had him beaten and had him killed. And he left a note to the people of his church and signed it, your Valentine. Somehow from that, we've got this idea that we've got these little weird kind of Cupid type of things going around shooting arrows at people and we're all supposed to send little love notes. To all the people we're so in love with, And it's not a bad thing or anything. It's not wrong to share our love with each other. But we have no idea where Valentine's Day came from. It wasn't a a, a day about, about the love and the romance between men and women. It was a day about the romance between people and God. A man so willing to serve his God that he would die for God and die for the people of God. That's the love that we're supposed to celebrate on St. Valentine's Day. and We turn it into weird little Cupid guys going around shooting. Why would they shoot people with arrows anyways? What's that all about? Don't want to know. They forgot God. They forgot God and they wanted to go back to Egypt and for us it's easier to forget God, believe it or not, than even for them because we live in Egypt. We live in the land of the Empire. Egypt was the greatest empire in the world at that time with all the blessings and all the power and all the wealth. Who does that sound like to you today? We live there. We have everything. God has blessed us to live in the land of Goshen in the land of Egypt. Unfortunately, that's created too many distractions. Too many things that confuse us and turn us away from following God and we look around it seems like the Egyptians are winning we're like Jeremiah who says why do the ways of the wicked prosper God what's the matter with you are you impotent can't you do anything here about all this and so we look for somebody who'll give us the answers we want in Timothy it says to us a time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine instead to suit their own desires they'll gather around them a great number of teachers to say what they want to hear And we will even turn our churches into places that will simply tell us what we want to know and we want to hear. Not what we need to hear. Not what we should hear. And so we go out into the desert to learn lessons from the desert. And our desert is winter, so let's see what Bob Sled has to say today.
3: Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In
5: the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight. We're happy tonight, walking in a winter wonderland. It's back. Winter's returned. I don't know if happy is really the word usually used to describe this winter scene at this point in the season. Nonetheless, winter has shown its face once again. And as I said last week, just because we have a few nice days doesn't mean the winter's over. But hey, don't get down about it. We're going to get an attitude check in today. It's me again. Bob Sled with another friendly fireside chat offering you some advice and encouragement today. You see I've learned some lessons from living here in western New York. Yes we look at the weather forecast and we see it's freezing outside. We look outside and it's frosty. No, not the snowman but the temperature. In some places the snow is back. Some may think, not again. But I say isn't it wonderful? We here in western New York are hardy folks. We're not going to allow the return of winter to melt us away. No, no. We're strong. We're mighty. Now imagine those from the southern states where they don't have any winter. They believe they're going through winter must be hard. But I say, it's not hard. It's a challenge. And you know what you do with challenges, don't you? You accept them. Now, we Buffalonians conquer winter. We don't let it get us down. Ice skating, sledding, building snowmen, throwing snowballs, building snow forts so much that we get to do. Those are things our southern friends never get to experience. For them, from a distance, it may seem scary, but can you remember the first time you experienced playing in the snow, catching snowflakes on your tongue? Good times, good times. And great memories. It's given us strength and resilience, and I wouldn't have it any other way. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight. You know, I think happy is the right word after all. Walking in a winter wonderland.
1: Not only have you got wise words, boy, connect, boy, sing, right? Walking in a winter wonderland. Very impressive. We've turned away from God, and we've misrepresented the challenge. What God presents as a blessing, we start to see as a problem. And why would we expect that God will bless us when we turn our back on what God wants us to do? God got angry. In chapter 14, it says God not only got angry, he got so upset that he said, I'm going to kill all these people. We say, oh, God wouldn't do that, but he did. He said, I'll make a nation out of Moses, and Moses says, he can't Do that. That's just over the top, God. You didn't know that you could talk like that with God, but you can. And so God said, All right, I'm just taking out those 10 spies, those guys who called themselves leaders but didn't live like leaders. And they all died, all 10 of them. And then God said, And as for these other guys, all these people that didn't follow me, except for Caleb, and maybe Joshua, the rest of them. never gonna see the promised land. They're gonna spend 40 years wandering in the desert, a year for every day that they were wandering in the land of promise. They're gonna wander in the desert and die. What do you think God's gonna do if we keep turning away from Him? What do you think God is doing? Are we really happier? Are we really happier in a life as we keep turning God off and turning towards what Egypt says will make us happy? Have all these things made us a society of joy and blessing? Do you feel that every time you watch the news and you listen to the reports of people talking and how our leaders talk, you're hearing happiness and joy and wonder? We are living in the greatest time ever, and we're miserable. Because God can even turn our blessings into something sour. They wandered in the desert for 40 years. And I'm afraid if we keep pushing God away, eventually he's going to push us out of Egypt too. And we'll find ourselves in the desert. The interesting thing is we've been using winter to represent the desert for us. Now, this is a beautiful winter scene. It really looks like winter from back there, doesn't it? Pretty cool, they did a great job. This is the way they would do winter in the south. It's beautiful, it's nice, but really, it's only for show. It's like people that live inside in the winter and never go out. Some of the happiest times I've ever had was out playing in the snow. Am I right? Building a real snowman, you can't do that down south We're in this kind of a, a, a picture rolling the ball and stacking the ball and putting a carrot in there and then biting off the end of the carrot just because we could! Snowball fights! Snow angels! Sledding down a hill! Going tubing! Ice skating! This is a blast! Winter is not a cursed event! Going to Florida in July is a cursed event! Living in the winter is an opportunity, and God wants to give us opportunities. He wants to bless us, but we have to pursue what God wants. The purpose of life is not the the, the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness, but serving God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says simply, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Caleb says, we can do this, guys. Don't give up. We can handle this. God said we could have it. God will make it happen. Romans in chapter 8 says, if God is for us, who can stand against us? If God is on our side, what do we have to fear? Do we really, honestly, earnestly believe that? They picked leaders. But they weren't leaders leaders lead by example leaders show us the way leaders demonstrate courage in the face of problems leaders don't blame everybody else they go and fix things I know the Egyptians seem to be winning but you need to remember the Egyptian army got drowned in the end God promises blessings he said I am giving you a land flowing with milk and honey, a promised land. I'm giving it to you. It's not a maybe. It's not an if. God wants to bless us. He's already said he will do it. At some point or another, if nothing else, we can live like St. Valentine and know that the purpose of this life is to get to the next one and the glory of that. But God also can fix and promise us with blessings in this life. God's already decided to do it. But we have to do it as God would determine. Valentine's Day is kind of a cool day to me, you know. Just like the rest of you, I've got little love in my life. When I was in high school, I had a girl I was in love with. Five years we were in love. Well, I was in love. She was going out with other guys. Somewhere around... The point when I was in 11th grade, we started dating, and then we started going steady. Anybody remember that? I I actually gave her a ring. Not one that, you know, those Miller Drugs store ones that would turn green after two weeks. A real ring, right? We talked about life. We were going to get married. We were going to have children. We were going to build a life together. We talked about everything. And we talked about our faith in God. Particularly, we talked about the fact she didn't believe in God. And I'd pray for her to have faith in God, and we'd talk about it, and we even went to church together, but she just didn't accept the idea of God in any way. And one night, while I was praying to God, I said, God, I don't know what to do with this. And he said, This isn't the right girl for you. And being a teenage boy, I said, What are you nuts? I got five years of this girl. <laughs> you better show me who is then. And I dreamed that night. And I was standing with this beautiful brunette, looking out the window at one of our church camps. That dream actually happened a number of years later. And I saw my dream girl, who God intended me to meet two weeks later. And I did fall in love again. And I did break it off with the person I had planned a life And yesterday, we celebrated the 40th anniversary of the day I asked her to marry me. I know it should have been Valentine's Day, but I couldn't wait one more day. (laughs) When God sends you an angel, you just got to take what you can get, because that isn't going to happen to a lug like me again. And I knew that. We drove to Buffalo, and I took every dime I had out of the bank, because back then they didn't give you credit cards. They wouldn't loan you money for anything unless if you had money. So I took my 200 bucks and I bought her a diamond ring. Somebody about 10 or 15 years ago was making fun of her little tiny diamond and saying it was too puny. And that showed I didn't really love her. But that was all I had. Are we willing to give to God in that way and live into what God has already decided to bless? God has plans for our lives. We keep trying to tell God he's wrong. God has a way we're supposed to live if we'll trust him. We just have to live into God's blessing instead of trying to live into our own ideas. Why do we think we're smarter than God? Why do we think the Egyptians are smarter than God? God will guide us. He sent them to the land of promise. They wandered around it for 40 days. Now, these guys would have been dressed like Egyptians. They wouldn't have known how to dress, how to act. Nobody molested them. Nobody hurt them. They even ripped up somebody's grapevine and dragged it away, and nobody complained. God's hand was already protecting them. They spent 40 days in this land full of giants, never got hurt once, never had a single problem. They even ripped off the giants. Nobody cared. And they said the place was fantastic and then they got afraid. Winter? Winter is just snow. A little bit of water that comes down from the heavens in a, in a different form. It's not good, it's not bad. Sometimes we have to be careful with it, but sometimes we've got to be real. We had the fish fry last Friday, and for those of you who aren't aware of it, we had 400 people come here to eat fish. 400 people! We had a line out the door of men waiting to take their dinners home to women. I'm not trying to sound sexist, most of them were. There were a couple ladies. Most of them were guys. (laughs) On the way home from work, pick up fish. We're not going out tonight. (laughs) Takeout saved us. (laughs) We like all those you wait inside too, but God can get us through things that we think are impossible. We don't need to listen to the people who make us back off and quit. We need to live for God, but not just God like a magic genie, not just God as our Savior, as wonderful as that is, but a God who is our Lord and will guide our lives for our benefit and freedom. that can part the Red Seas. We've got a God that can create the universe. we can we've got a God that can take death and turn it into life. When did we become so wimpy? You know, I was reading in the paper the other day, and they were talking about the Selective Service. That's a draft, for those of you who don't know what that means. And they were saying that we should now, because we let women fight in combat, we should have women signing up for the draft. And then somebody else said, no, no, we shouldn't even have a draft at all, because We've got people who want to volunteer to go to war. Why would we take people who don't even want to be there and put them in war? Well, I know the people who volunteer, and they don't want to go to war, okay? They're willing to, but they don't want to go to war. And I know that back in the day when I had a draft card, because I was like that, and there was the possibility of being drafted, I didn't think in terms of I won't go to war, I didn't think in terms of when I go to war I won't fight or if I get called up I won't protect the guy sitting next to me in the trench when did when do we start to think it's about how can we find the easy way out instead of doing what we're supposed to do because it's what we're supposed to do God calls us to be people that can do amazing things he promises us a blessing we have to go through the tough times, the difficult times, push our way through, face down our giants. and remember that if God is with us, no one can stand against us. We go to the table, we always turn to a prayer of confession, and I know we bring all sorts of things before God. We each have our own sins that we need to confess. But together as a people, we need to confess that we've let. Fear gripped us for too long. We've listened to the voices of Egypt too much. And we need to start trusting God more. So let's pray together. Dear God in heaven, heaven, I have sinned. sinned. You know what I've done wrong. You wrong. You 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 know my heart. Listen as I confess my sin. Now, Lord, forgive my sins. Now, Lord, forgive sins. And help, me and help me to be a part of a people that lives without fear, that lives, fear. That lives, in, the that lives in the confidence of God, that does what God needs, what God needs. Because, God because God wants it. Give me confidence. Give me, confidence. Give me, faith. Give me faith. Give me strength. To make god amen. my god amen. in jesus name we pray, jesus name we pray. Amen. amen god already wanted to forgive you before you came here what he wants is that people turn towards him he can put up with all kinds of stuff but he needs us to be following him and looking at him and listening to him in the name of jesus christ your sins are forgiven Glory to God.
0: Amen. Our God invites us to the table this morning to celebrate, to celebrate all that God has done to draw us close, all that God has done to make us disciples. Everyone is welcome. If you love God, earnestly repent of your sin and seek to live in peace as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are welcome at the table this morning. It doesn't matter if you've never been to church before in your life or if you've never been to this one. You are welcome at the table because God has called you to come. God has invited you. So come to the table this morning. You'll find blessings you've never had before God wants you to come and be strengthened for all that God has called you to do come to the table the Lord be with you lift up your heart let us give thanks to the Lord our God it is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you father almighty creator of heaven and earth You brought all things into being and called them good. From the dust of the earth, you formed us into your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Now when we, your people, prepare for the yearly feast of Easter you lead us to repentance for sin and the cleansing of our hearts that during these 40 days of lent we may be gifted and graced to reaffirm the covenant you made with us through christ on the night in which he gave himself up for us he took bread and he gave thanks to you broke the bread and gave it to his disciples saying take eat this is my body which is given for you Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup and he gave you thanks and praise and he gave it to his disciples. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new covenant poured out for you, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. All honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Shall we pray together with the confidence of children of God? The prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are serving please come forward.
1: He invites all those who seek after him to come to the table. The greatest love story ever told is the one between God and us. He invites you to come and experience his love and grace. To come to the rail for prayers for healing and anointing. Come and light a candle. Able I'm going to invite you to stand as we sing together. Lead on, O King Eternal. There may be giants, there may be troubles. I won't say there'll never be difficulties. But otherwise, we spend 40 years wandering around doing nothing. Accomplishing nothing, being nothing. I know that when I've made decisions for God, that God has told me to make, that God has led me to make, that my life was blessed. Had 40 years blessed with my wife. And with the joy of having her in my life. That was the decision of God. Many decisions. They're always a blessing when we choose God. Go out and choose God. Choose to live your life. Live your life the way God has intended and walk into the promised land. Go in his peace.